will bless you. And I want to take just a minute and welcome our our internet audience, you that are watching us on Roku, my goodness, we, we have so many people that watch us on Roku. Thank you, you that watch us on Apple TV, bless you. We're so glad that you're watching, you that are watching us on all of the other apps, Cross TV um, and, and Lightcast, all the different ones that we're on, and wherever you are in the world. Our beautiful Filipino friends, the people in Dubai that's watching, and many people in Australia and all of the countries, wherever you may be watching, in Eastern Europe, especially all of you in Eastern Europe that's watching, we welcome you today and we believe the Holy Spirit is going to minister special to you. Can somebody say amen? amen. Now a couple of quick amens. Uh, one more time. Amen. Oh, come on. Can I hear a couple of quick amens? Amen. I said a couple. Amen. Come on, put your hands together and shout amen. amen. Well, I have some announcements that I'll make, but I'll, since we're on the air, I'll make these personal announcements for our church at the end. But did you get blessed today? Amen. Well, you know, this is a, I, I need to do something real quick. People are contacting us all over the world, and we told them, it's getting heavier. Um, all over the world, people are sending us prayer requests, and so I want you to just stretch your hand forward, and you that's uh, viewing around the world with us, I want you to pray and believe God. Your name may be the one we're praying over. Your request may be the one we're praying over. So let's just believe God. There's, there's people in here that need healing for cancer, uh, salvation of the lost, kidney problems, situations, on and on and on. So let's just believe, as I promised the people out in the uh, Internet audience that we would pray for them. Here it is. Father, today we come into the throne room of grace thanking you for this privilege and for this opportunity that we have to worship you, that we know you as our Savior and Lord. So we pray right now over every prayer request, over every person that's represented, those that are lost and labors to their pathway. Father, I thank you today that you're doing supernatural signs, wonders, and miracles for all of the people that are represented in this box today. We just believe you for healing, deliverances, restoring of relationships and marriages and healing in marriages, God. Just whatever the people are asking you for, we thank you that you're doing the work in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Well, this is a special day for us. We do have a guest here, as you in the room very well know, but you that's in the audience, we have a guest that I love and admire very much and thank God for his life. Years ago, you know, I come from the uh, singing Lefebvre family, um, and one day God just moved on him and called him to preach the gospel. I mean, he went all over the, the United States and everywhere singing in these big, big convention centers and everywhere. But you know, one day God said, it's time for you to preach my word. And of course, it goes way back. He met Elvis Presley with a song that he had written. Some of you know that song. Most of you do. Without him, I could do nothing. And boy, I'll tell you, that's the way I feel today. <clears throat> 
I might have done a lot of things, you know. I've flown jet airplanes. I've jumped out of airplanes. I've been diving in the Red Sea. I've been diving in the Great Barrier Reef, and I've done a lot of things. But I couldn't do anything without Jesus. Without him, I could do nothing. Without him, I'd surely fail. But without, with him, I can do all things through Christ. Mylon is uh, beyond words for me to describe and explain and introduce because he's a man of integrity, a man of character, a man that God has taught his word. He's learned the word. He's learned how to stand and walk by faith and not allow the enemy to be bigger in his life than the God that's in him. He's learned that the word of God is alive, it's active, sharper than any two-edged sword. He and Christy are a great friend, and we're so glad to have them here. So let's welcome Marilyn and Christy. Bless you, Marilyn. It is. Anyway, we are honored to be here, as I was saying. Your pastors deserve honor. You know, the Bible says, who can find a faithful man? Who, who will keep doing what God told them to do, no matter how hard it is? I, I haven't, uh, Don has never told me this. He's, he's not, he wouldn't give voice to it uh, if it had happened. But if you do something for a long time for Jesus, the devil will give you lots of good excuses to quit. Yeah. If you want to take an excuse... And make a reason out of it, you know, you can do that, but he didn't. He just keeps rocking for Jesus. Just keeps going, man. I'm proud of you, and I'm thankful for you. Uh, I got some word for you today that I'm really excited about, and uh, it changed my life, and I believe it'll change yours. And like Pastor said, the word never comes back void. My opinions do, but God's word does not. So I'm looking forward to submitting that information to you today, um, I'm going to get. I'm going to show you a quick video. We've got a TV show since we were here last, and I want you to see. You know, we had a uh, daily devotional. We still have that, and it's video. But we also have a TV show now. And Brother Copeland's. Um... My name is Mylon Lefebvre, and music is in my blood. I got my first big break when Elvis Presley recorded a song I'd written at 17 years old. That moment changed my life forever. I went from having nothing to having my dreams come true. I toured the world and played with some of the biggest names in music and had more money than I knew what to do with. I finally hit rock bottom when I almost died from a drug overdose and it became painfully obvious something had to change. Everything did change when I gave my life to Jesus at a second chapter of Acts concert in 1980. God instantly delivered me from drugs and totally turned my life around. I began to use my gift of music for the Lord and started a Christian band, Mylon and Broken Heart. It eventually grew to be one of the biggest Christian rock bands in the world at the time. We won several Grammys and Dove Awards, but most importantly, we led over 200,000 kids to Christ. Now, years later, I'm still living for Jesus, and my wife, Christy, and I travel the globe proclaiming God's goodness. I've been from rock bottom to the mountaintop, and I'm going all the way to heaven, so come on and join me on the road to freedom. Christy LaFever, y'all.
Well, praise God. That was so much fun. You know, that last shot, that's a drone shot. And we were standing in the, in the middle of the road in Monument Valley. And they were on walkie-talkies or their phones and letting us know, okay, run out now. There's not a car coming. Okay, now, there's a car coming. Run. So we took that shot about, what, 20 times? Cars are running about 90 out there in the desert. Right. You know, you got to get out of the road quick every once in a while. So we're so excited about the show. The title, On the Road to Freedom, is based on John 8, 31 and 32, where Jesus said, If you will continue in my word, then you truly are my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Amen. So the more we continue in the word, the freer we get. That's why you're here today. So we're all on that road to freedom, and we're getting freer every day. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we're really excited about this opportunity. We air on the Dish Network 265 Dish Channel 265, also Roku and Amazon Fire, Apple TV, lots of options, and especially on demand. You can get all of the episodes on demand on our website at mylan.org. And we film on beautiful locations, in beautiful locations all over the planet, the beach in Maui, um, the mountains in Colorado, Utah, uh, Grand Canyon, just some beautiful places. Big Sur. Big Sur. And we did that so that we film in those locations so that you can taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm. Amen. 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 We serve a good God. And I also want to say thank you to Pastor Don and Pastor Sharon. Thank you for the honor and the opportunity of being here. We love you. We honor you. And all that you are doing for the kingdom of God, we have the highest respect for you. Thank you for this opportunity. You know, one of my favorite ladies' meetings was with you, Pastor Sharon. We had so much fun that day, so we're just excited to be here, and I'm glad you came today, and all those watching, what an honor and a privilege for the opportunity to minister to you, and we also have these resources available on our website, but also for you here in the room, out in the foyer, and um, again, this is the truth of God's word, and that's why we make these available. This is Bow Down, Mylan's Praise and Worship CD. We have that available. Oh, I just realized I'm going out of order for you back there, but you got it. Good job. And then we also have Mylan's Life Story, which you saw briefly in the video just now. We have it available in the format of the book, which Pastor Don already told you about. The title is Without Him. And so this is Mylan's uh, testimony again. Satan is defeated by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our... Testimony. testimony. Amen. So this is a powerful testimony that you can give to loved ones who may not go to church with you but would read a book. And we are handing this out for every book sold. We're sowing at least one into the life of a prisoner or a soldier in harm's way. Rehab centers. We just handed out hundreds at a Salvation Army event for the state of Texas. And we're so just so honored. It is such a blessing that 65 homeless men got born again. That yes, thing. so we're so Amazing. thankful. Praise God. People Praise from uh, halfway houses and stuff trying to start over. Right. Getting out of jail, starting over. Amen. Glory to God. Glory Works to God. for me. How about you? That's right. Amen. Amen. And then we also have, along with the praise and worship, we, oh, did you want to? I just wanted to say it's basically a picture book. You can read it in about an hour and a half. You know, you can see what God has done. And I've said this before, but I, I, the reason for writing this book, people think, well, it's about me. It's really not. I'm in all these. There's 114 pictures, and I'm in every one of them. But this is really not a book about me. This is a book about what God will do when somebody who's been a fool and a selfish, proud, arrogant fool gets on his knees. And, you know, the, the, 
what the Lord told me is a lot of Christians write books and they tell about all the amazing things that God did after they got saved, but they don't tell you all the dumb stuff they did before they got saved. So it's not obvious why the devil got such a shot at their lives. The Lord told me, humble yourself and be transparent, tell them the good, bad, and the ugly so that they can see what happened when you started doing things my way. So that they'll also know no matter how bad it gets, I'm still God. And I, I will fix, here's what the Lord said to me, I will fix anything you give me total control of. I'll either replace it and give you something better to take its place, or I'll fix it because I'm a good God and I'm in love with you. Amen. So that's what the testimony, the first half is about, you know, before Christ. And the last half of this book is about what he's done since then. So if you buy one of these or one of the big ones, they showed you a picture of the big one. Um, I will, what I made a deal with the publisher. Instead of them giving me royalties, they have to give me more of these books. And we take, so if you buy one, you and I will give it to an unsaved person. We'll get somebody born again. We'll take somebody to heaven that would have gone to hell. Amen. Amen. And then we also have, along with the praise and worship, we do have the rock and stuff. We have the 80s-style contemporary Christian rock from the band Broken Heart. So if you've been looking for that, we have it available. It's all been digitally remastered. And, and I see we got a rocker back there. That's good. <laughs> but it is... <laughs> It is full of the Word of God, and you can sing along because you can understand the words. So I want to make sure you know that. Um, and then we also have Mylon's teaching where he's going today. The title of this is God is Honest. And this will teach you that there is a difference between the, believing there is a God and believing God. Amen. And that's what this teaching is about. And then we also have how to turn your marriage into holy matrimony. And, you know, there is a difference. Anytime that word holy is mentioned, that means God's involved. That's right. And I just want to testify to you that we do have holy matrimony. Amen. I'm so thankful for what the Lord has given us. And we did have to work at it. It was, you know, um, we had to work through the same things that everyone else does. But I want you to know we have heaven on earth in our home. Amen. I love you, honey. You are such you, an baby. honor to be married to you. I consider you a great and mighty man of God. And a privilege for me to be your wife. This might be a real short service, y'all. We, we could be out here in the next five minutes. I love you. <laughs> I love you, baby. Amen. And then we also have, but God wants you to have that in your marriage. He wants you to have heaven on earth. Yes, he does. And it is available in Jesus. Amen. So. The will of God is amazing. Yeah. I'm telling you, if you've never found out exactly what that is, I'd stop my world and I'd I'd get on my knees and get in the closet someplace and get quiet and I'd find out. The more that you give God to work with, the better your life will get. Yeah. If you just give him your problems, he'll work on that. Yeah. You just give him your sins or the, the stuff you failed at and that you're ashamed of, he'll work on that. But if you give him your whole life, you'll be amazed. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I forgot to show you our broken heart hats, too. These are brand they new. They showed them a while they? ago. Yeah, okay, good. So these are our yeah. vintage design broken heart hats, if you want to check them out. These are experienced life hats right here. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> They're not old. They're just uh, mature hats. We had these when I was in the band yeah. many years ago, and they were so we brought popular, them back. People were requesting, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> Amen. And then the last thing I want to tell you about is our my testimony in the format of a children's book titled, and Pastor Sharon was one of the first ones who believed in me and backed this vision and project. Thank you for that, Pastor Amen. Sharon. And the, the title is The Adventures of Twirling Girl, and it's how the Lord proved to me that a father of the fatherless is God, and that even though my earthly daddy had walked away, that I have a heavenly father. And he loves me, Amen. he cares for me, yes. he hears me when I pray, and he even answered the prayer to bring me an earthly daddy Amen. who adopted me and raised me as his own. And I do have my parents here today. So, Mom and Dad, would you just raise your head, just wave at everybody? <laughs> and, and one of our close family friends, Paulette, is here too. Would yes, you wave? Thank you, thank you for being here. Thank you. And this revelation, I just want to testify to the Lord that this revelation that I learned at a young age, it kept me. That my Heavenly Father really cared about every detail of my life. It kept me through my teenage years, Amen. through the peer pressure, through my career. It just kept me. Because He kept proving to me that He cared about every need. Amen. And that He was ready to meet it. And, and He's just a good God, isn't He? He's a wonderful Heavenly Father. And the Lord has now opened doors. This is. I just want to testify and let you know that the Lord just recently, in the last few months, has opened doors for this book to be distributed through Global Give-A-Book in Albuquerque. It's going Amen. into Catholic schools. Schools. It's going into various denominations of Christian schools and a few public schools have signed up to receive the book. So we're so excited about this, this opportunity. God is good. And we have everything. I asked her to write this book because I was amazed at the way I saw how it affected her whole life. Her mom taught her. Her mom had just become a Christian and her biological father didn't want to be a Christian and walked away. And her mom put all the emphasis on loving a loving heavenly father instead of a bad biological father. Right. And she, right. instead of growing up angry and, and hurt and rejected, uh, she grew up in love with God. Yeah. And it changed everything. And uh, that so that's why that's right? what this whole thing is about. If you know somebody who's a single mom or or just doesn't understand how to how to speak in and little children, some people think you can't minister to them. She got it. At about five years old, something changed in her life that was amazing. It's still with her, so that's why I asked her to write Amen. it. It changes everything when you know that you're loved. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And the, also, everything's available at our website at mylan.org. Um, you can get all the resources, lots of free teaching, free videos, free downloads. We have a free app, my same keyword, mylan.org, that'll connect you to all of our social media sites. Mm -hmm. It'll connect you to the TV show, our itinerary, where we're going to be, so you can check that out. Um, we have free teaching you can sign up for at the table, also an email list. And I think that's it. But I have one, one scripture that's thank you for your patience. Um, I, have I want everybody to know that Galen and Elizabeth. Oh, well, Galen and Elizabeth, would you please, yeah, just wave at everybody. Wave at us. This is our uh, awesome office executive staff. assistant, yes, and Lizzie volunteers and Galen too. They're just such a blessing. The Abrams family, yes. we're thankful for. Thank you. Amen. And I just have one quick scripture that I want to encourage you in um, for for just the times we're living in. It's Proverbs 19:20. It says, "Hear counsel." So I want to encourage you right now to get ready to have ears to hear Amen. what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Hear counsel. Receive. Once you hear, receive instruction. 
And then it says, accept correction. Now this one, I want to pause a little bit because this one, people usually don't like to hear about correction because the flesh always thinks it's doing just fine. <laughs> but I want to remind you that we're all called to be transformed, which means changed, not stay the same, changed into the image of the Son of God. That's our destiny. Yeah. So every time I compare myself to Jesus, I need to change. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. <laughs> I need to change. Every time I come in contact with the word, I get ready to be teachable, have a teachable heart. So we hear counsel, receive instruction, and accept correction. And many times it's just an adjustment. It's just an adjustment in attitude. Yeah. You know, um, accept correction. Now here's the reward, that you may be wise in the time to come. Wisdom for the future. Wisdom for what's ahead. Wow. And wisdom is the principal thing. God said it's the most important thing if you're going to live in victory in yeah. these last days before Jesus returns. So I'm ready to hear. Are you? Will you say this after me? I hear the counsel of God. I hear the counsel of God. And I receive his instruction. And I receive his instruction. And I gladly accept his correction. And I gladly accept his correction. That I may be wise. That I may be wise. In the time to come. In the time to come. Amen. 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 So be it. We love you. Thank you, baby. If you will, I need you to join your faith with me now. We're going to open up God's word. And again, you don't need to hear me or any of my opinions you and i both need the same thing we need to hear god every day we need to be led by the holy spirit how many of you know that when you've made decisions that were led by the holy spirit you never had to fix any of those you never had to pray oh my god this is not good i wish you to you know no when you are led by the holy spirit nothing happens but good things all good things come from above so we need to get this settled up front today. God's good and the devil's bad. If anything good is going on in your life, that's the Holy Spirit. If any killing and stealing and destroyed, destruction, depression, discouragement, anything bad's happening in your life, that's the devil. There is a thief. He comes to steal and kill and destroy it. That thief is not God. Jesus said, I came here for one reason, that you'd have a better life, an abundant life. Laugh and laugh more abundant. That's the will of God. So we're going to pray, but I want you to know going in, if you're expecting anything other than your life to get better, your faith is not in God. It did get quiet. If you're thinking, well, the economy could get bad and they're laying people off at work and I don't know what I'm going to do. If you expect what you expect, that's what you, where your faith is. If you expect it to get better, then you're believing it's going to get better. But if you're expecting it to get worse, your faith is going to make it worse at your house. Can I get a witness? Anybody want to vote on that one? I, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't say amen to that one, but I, you know, I'd think that through because... God is good and he's in love with you and he wants to do magnificent things at your house this week. In your life, in your marriage, in your health, in your finances. God loves you and he'll prove it if you give him something to work with. Will you pray with me? Will you join your faith with me? Father, we come to you, sir, in the holy and mighty name of Jesus. 
Lord, we come boldly before the throne of grace. You've seen the chaos around us, Lord. You know the warfare that's going on in the lives of the people that are watching all over the world. Father, I, I know that no matter what the devil's up to, that is not a problem for you. You can fix cancer as easy as you can fix a headache. So, Father, I ask you in the holy name of Jesus to invade the houses of the people that are watching. I ask you, Lord, to just fill this place with your glory and honor. I ask you to open the eyes of our understanding and grant us the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the intimate knowledge of God. Sir, I ask mm, that you would give us the grace we need and the help we need in these troubled times, in these last of the last days. And, sir, I thank you for a door of utterance this morning that you've opened unto us by your Holy Spirit. And we'll be very careful to give you all the glory and the honor for your accomplishment in our life. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. 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 Now, I say this everywhere I go, so I'm going to say it here before we get into the Word. I believe God's people ought to have more fun than anybody else. I believe if you're on the way to heaven, you ought to be in a better mood than if you're going to hell. So whatever's going on in your life, I'm going to have a good time today. This is good news. There's no bad news in the Bible. i got some good news for you, and we're going to have a good time today in the house of God. Now, before sin, let me say this. Today I'm obviously teaching on faith. And, and in order to know why is that so important, according to God, there's only two ways to live. He said the just shall live by faith. He said, you can live by sight or you can live by faith. But the just, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, we walk by faith and not by sight. So it's important for you to figure out how to live by faith or you have to live by sight. If you don't know how to live by faith, sight's the only thing left. And what does that mean? It means that you lean on your own understanding and you do what you think is best instead of doing what God said and believing that whatever he says is best for you. In other faith, why would you do everything God tells you if you don't trust Him? If you think that, for instance, if you're going to bring the tithe, first place you need that money. You're working hard for your money. You got lots of bills. You got lots of dreams. You need that money. And then God says, take the first fruit, the very best you got, and bring it to me first. You're not going to do that if you think God's going to rip you off. Your brain says. 100% of my income will go further and help me more than 90% of my income. But if you trust God, you'll find out that 90% of your income will go a whole lot further if you give it God your first 10%. But if you lean on your own understanding, you'll never get in on that, and therefore you'll be, you'll be trying to prosper without God. He actually said in Malachi, I don't know why I'm going here today, but somebody needs to hear this. He said in Malachi, you've robbed me, this whole nation, and you've robbed me in the tithe and offering. In other words, he didn't say give the tithe. He said bring it. It's mine. Bring it to me, and you're robbing me if you don't. And then he said, but if you do bring the tithe, man, he said, I will pour out a blessing so great that you can't even, you, you won't have room for it. You'll where are you going to store that that uh, 1960 Lincoln? Come on now, you got to have a spe- you got to take care of those babies. Come on now, you got to have an extra garage somewhere. Come on, 
God said, I'll bless you so much you don't know what to do. And he will do that. He'll bless you so much you can't contain it all. That means you've got to give some of it away. And, and the process continues of God's perfect distribution network. It's awesome. So we see here in the Word that there's two ways to live. There's uh, by sight, that's the natural way, and everybody, everybody knows how to do that. But by faith is the supernatural way. Now, who, we, we actually get to change where we're going to live supernaturally. Who, who wouldn't want to have a superpower? That's what faith is. We're laughing, but I mean, you know, you see these Marvel comic characters who all have a superpower. I live by faith. That means I can get things from God for nothing. I can believe things that are not even, you can't even see them or touch them. And I can expect them and believe God as long as they're in his word. And I have a right to believe them and stand on that promise. You know, God's written a book. The Bible is not a book about God. It's a, it's a bunch of letters from God. It's a book written to me and you from God. It's got over 7,000 promises in it. And, and you don't have to talk God into any of them. Every one of them, the answer, if you ask God to forgive you, the answer is yes and amen. Over 7,000 promises that you don't have to talk him into them. They were his idea. They're all to fix you, to heal you, to bless you, to prosper you. I know the plans I have for you, he said. And they're not to harm you. They're to bless you, man. They're, they're, they're to prosper you. Glory to God. So God's plan's better than ours. And, it, and the only way to get that supernatural plan is to not lean on our own understanding, to not try to figure everything out. If you only receive from God what you understand, you're really going to limit God in your life. God's ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, and he's got some really good plans for our future. Now, Hebrews 10 and verse 38 says, The just shall live by faith. And you probably know this, and I'm sure Hebrews 11, 6 says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Uh, if we can put that scripture up, I want everybody to look at this for just a second. Hebrews 11, 6. Why is it so important to... Who wants to please God, first of all? I don't know about you, but I, I would really like to give God. You know, so there's certain things that Christy will do for me. It just makes my day. She said What she said to me just a little while ago, I don't know about you, but who could want more than that? I love being loved. I don't deserve it. You know, I didn't earn it. But God is good, and Christy's good to me, and, and, and I love being wanted and needed. And, and, uh, and, but in order to please God, it's the same. We're made in his image. He is spirit. We are spirit. We live in a body. We have um, a soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, but in order to please God, it says without faith, it's impossible to please him. Believe in God and pleasing God is the exact same thing. And you cannot please him if you don't believe he's honest. If you think that he would tell you something, and then while you're standing and betting your life that it's going to come true, he would jerk the rug out from under you, then you don't know God. You only know about him. Because he doesn't do that. God is faithful. God is honest. Can I get y'all to say that? God is honest. God has integrity. Amen. Now, 
until you believe that, if you think there's any possibility that God would not do everything He said He was do, you're not going to live by faith. If you think there's any possibility, because there's, I'm telling you, the devil has done everything he could to impugn God's integrity. We start in the Garden of Eden. I mean, this is the beginning of all. If, the, if you have any problems in your life, I can tell you the beginning of those problems, the root is sin. Y'all remember in the Garden of Eden? It was perfect, y'all. It was perfect, people. There were no problems in the Garden of Eden until sin entered. There's no problems in anybody's life without sin. Now, generations past, their sins can affect us. They affect if, if, if our parents robbed God, then that'll determine, you know, I was raised in a trailer, and, and I won't tell you why. <laughs> but it was generations of not trusting God. And the bottom line is, uh, you know, without faith it's impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God must believe two things, that He is God, and secondly, that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, I want you to see that the, what where that reward. This is important. I want to talk to you about that reward for a minute. You first have to believe there is a God, and he's the father of Jesus Christ, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently, that's what you're doing this morning, diligently. That means we study to show ourselves approved. We don't just read the Bible or, or, or listen to the preacher on Sunday morning, but the daily word of God is a daily part of our lives. We read it, we think about meditate on it, just means you think about it. Okay, how does this apply to my life? How does the rubber meet the road? What is the practical application? Jesus, God said, Seek wisdom is the principal thing. Seek first wisdom and with it to get understanding, to pursue the practical application. Okay, how to apply that to my everyday life. Now, that diligently seeking him, he said there's a reward. I want to talk to you about where that reward is. Don referred earlier, Pastor Don referred that my parents were gospel singers. I grew up in a home that music was an important part of our life. And gospel music was good music. I enjoyed making that music. Uh, my parents' friends were musicians. When I was a kid, when their friends came over, they jammed. That's what musicians do. They'd get around the piano. They'd start singing. They'd get out their axes. And my, my, my daddy and my uncle were from the hills of Tennessee. And so they played, they didn't call it bluegrass, but, uh, you know, violins and fiddle. Y'all know the difference in a violin and a fiddle? There isn't any difference according to who's playing it. <laughs> my uncle could saw one of those babies in too. I mean, he was a fiddler for sure. And my daddy played the mandolin and, and they played banjos and guitars and things. And when they started jamming, I was a little kid, I'd be watching all my friends and thinking, man, when I grow up, I'm going to get me some of that. I'm going to get, as soon as my hands got big enough to play a ukulele, my little bitty fingers, I was about five. I had that little plastic string ukulele. I was wiring that thing out. And then I got that, I got that um, a mandolin. It was just a little bit bigger neck, and I could fret those. And then I finally got up to a guitar and a bass, and I just loved making music and jamming with my friends. But we sung a song when I was a kid. My parents sung a song. It went like this. I just want a little cabin in the corner of glory land. Y'all ever heard that song? Really, really good song. I mean, it had good rhythm, good, good melody. Good. 
but there ain't no cabins in the corner of glory land. That's some religious jive, but I grew up as a kid thinking, okay, well, you know, I don't know why anybody would want a little cabin in the corner. I mean, Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. I would have told you if it wasn't true. Come on now. I mean, it's a false humility. If you want to live in a trailer, you got to stay here, man. There ain't any in heaven. You know? God wants you to have a mansion or he wouldn't have built those in heaven. And by the way, those mansions don't have a mortgage. Come on, somebody. Ain't no taxes in heaven, y'all. God is good. Now, when Jesus said, y'all pray this, that it would be on earth as it is in heaven. If he made you a mansion in heaven, and people say he don't want you to have one down here, that's a lie. I know it's Sunday morning, I'm trying to be nice, but that is a lie. And that's what started the problem. Then in the Garden of Eden, everything is perfect. God comes and hangs out with them in the cool of the afternoon. Man, they've got, they don't have to work. They've got the best food on the earth. It's fresh every day. The water is cool and fresh. The weather is so perfect. Listen, they found out later on they were naked. Now, you know how, you know how good the weather's got to be if you ain't even got to wear a shirt? You don't need no pants. That's good weather. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, this place was perfect. God told them, you can do anything. Y'all are the gods of this world. He started with Adam. Adam was lonely, so he makes him a helpmate. I'm hers. She's mine. We help each other. And and so God fixes that, gives him Eve, and then he just tells them, oh, I got one tithe, I got this one tree here, you don't eat anything here, you can do anything you want to. If you see a bug and you call it a bug, it's a bug. You got dominion, you're the gods of this world. You something flies over, you call it a bird, that's what it is. Whatever you decide, you're in control, you're the gods of this world. He said, I just got one rule for you, don't eat of the fruit of this tree, that's mine. And if you do, you'll die. And what did the devil say? He said, no, you won't. You won't die. He said, and by the way, Jesus said Satan is the father of all lies. So the liar, God, he, even Adam been hanging out with God Almighty. He's, everything's perfect. And the liar comes to him, and what does he say? God's a liar. And he says, okay. And he's the, we don't know if it was an apple, but, you know, whatever the fruit of that tree is. And the Bible says that Adam knew better, but he went with Eve instead of God. And sin entered. And listen, if there's anything bad going on in your life, that's the exact same test you're facing today. The devil and the world and Everything around about you is screaming. When, by the way, when, when Satan, when they uh, believed the lie instead of God, you know, things went bad in the garden. And sin, ever since then, I mean, God gets, you know, if there, Katrina comes in or Harvey or some tsunami someplace and the insurance company calls it an act of God, the devil never gets the blame for anything. Somebody kills a little kid, you know, some horrible thing happened. I don't know why God let them kill him. Come on, people. The devil is the thief. 
The devil is the liar. The devil is the one that kills and destroys. And so we have a place that God said, I'm a, I got a reward for you, but I just want to tell you, it ain't all in heaven. It would be good. That's what we, the emphasis when I was a kid was on over yonder in the sweet by and by on the other side of Jordan. You know what I mean? That was what the preaching was like. When I, y- y'all never heard, y'all never heard any hellfire and brimstone preaching? My Lord. Bless God. So anyway, you know, I, the good news is you don't need healing when you get to heaven. There ain't no sickness over there. You don't need a raise. You don't need to prosper when you get to a place where everything's free. Where is this reward that God just promised us? He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That reward ain't in heaven. That reward is in Texas. If you live here, it's wherever you are. If you're in Eastern Europe, that reward is waiting on you, man, today. You just got to make a choice. And you got to make a choice that God is honest. And when God says something, I expect that to happen in my life. That's what faith is. Living by faith means we refuse the lie. And why is it so important to read the Bible? I mean, I have spent, uh, you know, we've, we've recorded, what, 90 shows in the last year? And editing those shows, it takes about 30 hours a show. And the editing is expensive, and we're we're going about some of our TV shows not like uh, you know when the Lord opened that door, He said to me, "People standing like I am right now in front of a, a congregation and opening up the Bible, that's what Christians love. We love the Word, and we'll take it from anybody. We don't care if they're wearing a tie or not. We'll go anywhere, churches, but unsaved people don't watch Christian TV." And unchurched people don't watch Christian TV. The people who need the word the most don't watch Christian TV for the most part. And so the Lord told me, I don't need another preacher standing in front of the camera. He said, we got that covered. What we do need is somebody to go after the heathens. And to go after, so we basically, I hope this doesn't offend anybody here. I wouldn't do that for anything. But I call it a rock and roll Bible study. We get out on our motorcycles and we go find what we could have built a studio that was really pretty, but in a few years it would have been out of date and we'd spend another half million dollars building studios. And the Lord told me, have you seen what I created? It's free. Just come on out here. I got perfect lighting. You might get rained on waiting on it one day, but I got, come on. So that's what we do. We preach everywhere but church on our TV show, and we're getting, if you could sit and read those those messages on, on social media, I read every morning what's happening in people's lives, and I sit at my computer and cry, because I remember the day he did that for me. I remember the day that I came to that second chapter of Acts concert, and heroin was killing me, and I couldn't control it, and I tried to kick, and I couldn't. And I tried and I tried and I begged God for help and I, until I gave him my life. And when I gave him my life, here's what's amazing. I didn't know that he could deliver me. I didn't even know what deliverance was. I didn't ask for that because I didn't know it was on the menu. I'd have ordered that earlier if I'd known. 
But man, when I, when I told him, okay, I surrender. I won't, I won't, these guys look like they got the real deal and I won't love and I want Jesus. I don't want religion. I was honest with him about that. I'd seen a lot of religion that didn't help anybody. I'd seen a lot of cultural traditions that didn't help anybody. God said there's a, there is a form of godliness in the last days. Some people have a form of godliness that denies the power of God. What good is it if it, it has no power? You're trying to fight the devil. You need the power of God. Amen. So he is a rewarder of those, praise God, who seek him with diligence. Let's turn, please, to um, Psalm 103. I want to talk to you about something here. That my, my tag on my car is Psalm 103. Here in Texas, you can get tags that say stuff. I, it's one of my favorite scriptures. Like Don, I, I have a different favorite every day. I like them all. That's the problem. But um, this Psalm 103, he, you know, David was a, the guy who wrote it. Was a, uh, Before he became a king, he was a musician. He was a praiser and a worshiper. He was... Uh, uh, when we went to Israel, we found out one of those old sages, uh, rabbi that was retired, that had been studying Hebrew all his life, told us that something I'd never heard before. He said, uh, when when the prophet came to to um, Jesse's house to anoint one of his sons as the next king of Israel, when Sam, when when Samuel wouldn't do what uh, I mean, Saul wouldn't do what God told him. He went to Jesse's house, and Jesse had seven sons he presented to the prophet, but none of them was the right guy. He had another son, but he didn't present him because they all didn't have the same mama. (laughs) So the one who, uh, you know, Jesse had been messing with the help, and uh, one of the boys is out taking care of the sheep. But that was David. And David loved his daddy and wanted his daddy's approval. And uh, so when the bear would come against the sheep, David said, the Spirit of the Lord came upon me, and he killed that bear with his bare hands, just a teenage boy. When a lion came to kill his daddy's sheep, he killed the lion. But he didn't kill it. He didn't tell anybody, I killed the lion because I'm strong and, and fast. He said, the Spirit of the Lord came on me. So when he got ready to go up against Goliath, he had already killed the bear and the lion. Goliath wasn't as big to David as he was to everybody else. Because he knew the Spirit of the Lord come on him. And that guy, Goliath said, there's no God in Israel. David said, I'll kill him for that. <laughs> now you messed up. Talking about my God. So David, he was a musician. And he wrote this Psalm 103. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that's within me, bless his holy name. And he said it again. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. If we can put this scripture up. I want everybody to see this. I want you to meditate on this for just a minute. He said, and forget not all the benefits of belonging to God. And he starts listing the benefits in uh, Psalm 103 and I think verse 2 and 3. He starts listing the benefits. He forgives all my sins. Glory to God. He forgives all my iniquities, I think it says in the King James. How many of y'all believe God forgives all your sins? Amen. Amen. Now, here's the part where some people lose it. Who heals all your diseases. I mean, come on now. You said you believe he, he forgives all your sins. If he, if he only forgave some of them, you'd still have to go to hell. 
But a lot of Christians believe he heals some diseases and he doesn't heal some. Now what is this about right here? This is a perfect example of a test where you find, and what's the purpose of the test? God already knows who trusts him and who doesn't. But the test lets you know whether you do or not. The test lets you know whether you're hoping or believing. And they're not the same thing. If you believe God is honest, you don't have any doubts. You have crossed that line you, in the sand, and you have burnt the bridge to failure and to fear and to worry and to doubt and unbelief. But that is a decision that every Christian has to come to. Now, the, in, in Hebrews 11, we won't go there right now, but in Hebrews 11, God talks about the, the heroes of faith, and he talks about Abraham being the father of faith. Now, imagine being of all the people in the Bible, God talks about Abraham being the father of all faith. We know the story. Abraham, you know, he, he and Sarah don't have any children. His, his name in the beginning was Abram. And Sarah, they didn't, they didn't have any children. And as they get older and older, they're still praying. In those days, it was... Um, it was basically dishonorable. Not something was wrong. I mean, they they actually treated you different if you didn't have any kids. Kids were a blessing. You needed help. I mean, they helped you around. You know what I mean? So the bottom line is they didn't have any. They never stopped praying. They never stopped asking God for kids. But when God comes along, they're about 80 and says, I'm going to give you a kid. Literally, Sarah laughs. Yeah, right. Now that I'm 80, I've been asking you for 80 years here, 70 probably, you know, whatever. Uh, and, and she literally laughs. God talks to Abraham. The, the bottom line is name's still Abram. Uh, he's, he's still, 20 years later, we find him becoming the father of many nations. Now God told him over and over and over, by the way, during that 20 years, Abram has so little faith, and we're talking about the father of faith. He has so little faith that he decides to help God out because God obviously can't handle this. He's been all these years and the baby still ain't here. So he goes in with his uh, wife's helpmate, or help, uh, what do you call him? What, what's the word I'm looking for? Handmaiden. Thank you. This is tag team preaching, y'all. So, so he and and Ishmael. How many of us have we got any Ishmaels in our life? So don't even go there. So you know we're still having problems with Ishmael, but uh, at one point, God, he still doesn't get it. We're approaching twenty years. He's almost a hundred years old. Uh, Sarah is is getting older and older, and at one point, God says, "I'm gonna have to help the boy out. He ain't getting this." So he changes his name. God changes Abram's name. Now the good thing, here's the first real step of faith. Abram agrees to it. And the name that he gives him is Abraham, which means the father of many nations. God takes him outside, shows him the stars, says that you can't count them all. You're going to have more kids than that. And he gives him a name. And if Abraham receives that name, he's going to tell everybody that knows him, if you don't call me the guy that has more kids than anybody else, I'll never answer you or talk to you again because that's who I am. And you don't have any kids and he's 100 years old. Now that's faith. And the Bible says at that point, 
You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When God told him to do that and he did it, then everybody started. You know what Abraham started hearing? You're the guy with more kids than anybody else. He heard it all day. Every time somebody called his name, that's what he heard. He heard it and he heard it and he heard it. And the Bible said he became fully persuaded. Now what does fully persuaded mean? That means for the first time he really believed God. He wasn't hoping he was going to have a kid anymore. He wasn't thinking, well, this might could work here. He actually decided God is honest. Now, I don't know what's going on in your life, but we got to get to that place where when God says all your diseases, God healed all your diseases, that when the devil says, well, it ain't working on this one, we can, we can look at the doctor no matter how it feels, no matter what's going on in your body, and in other words, when you get sick, nothing has changed. If you go to the doctor and you live long enough, you, you will have this happen to you if you live long enough. You'll have some symptoms in your body and you go to the doctor and they'll look under the microscope or they'll take your blood or they'll CAT scan or some, some fancy way of checking you out. And they'll tell you what the problem is and they'll scare you with some big long Latin words and, and if you take this medication, you know, you'll, uh, you'll have these side effects which are a whole lot worse than the original. And then you, if they're going to operate on you, you've got to sign something that says if they kill you, it's okay with you. <laughs> they don't have to pay you or anything, you know what I mean? And if you've got enough faith to sign that sucker, surely you can believe God. Let's look here at James. Let, let, me, um, let me get a scripture up here right quick. James 1 and verse 2 in the NIV, please. Uh, I want you to see this right quick. Nothing changes if the doctor finds something in your... Yeah, let's, let's read this right quick. But let him ask in faith. Well, let's, let's go to verse uh, 2, please. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind. Verse 3, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Here's the test. If the doctor says you're dying and Jesus said by his stripes you were healed, God said that then you got to decide whether you trust the doctor, who, by the way, is on God's side. Doctors are against sickness and disease just like God is. But God is not practicing medicine. He's the great physician, and he's got it down. If you need a new organ, that is no problem for God. They might be looking for one at the hospital, but God can recreate it inside you without opening you up and cutting on you. I mean, God has got everything you need, and he will do. But again... Yeah, all things are possible, Jesus said, if I can find somebody that believes. I'm, I know a guy right now, that I talked to a guy recently that's mad at God. He's mad at God because he, he told God to do something, he calls that prayer, and God didn't do it quick enough the way he wanted it done. There's no place in the Bible where God says he lets you be God and tell him what to do. That's not what faith is. Faith is not telling God what to do. Faith is believing God and doing what he said to do. God, faith is putting God's word in my mouth, not putting my words in his. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So he says, because you know it's just the testing of your faith. Uh, I'm going to read that second verse again. Consider it all joy. I remember the first time I read this, people. 
basically, you know, I was a brand new Christian. I'm coming out of the world. Rock and roll, we won't go there this morning. I'm out of time, but rock and roll is not a place where anybody is trying to hide anything. You live in sin. Whoever's the best sinner makes the most money and gets the most, you know what I mean? It was you were, um, being a heathen was applauded in rock and roll. So I read this scripture. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when all hell breaks loose. That's what it means when you have trials and tribulations. And then he goes on to say, and, and by the way, you don't know how to do that when you're a new Christian. Just like turn the other cheek. You just got to go to the next verse real quick. You'll get that later on, but it ain't going to be this week. Right? Because it's the testing of your faith. So, you know, the good part about a test is you can pass it. And then he goes on to say in verse 4, let perseverance finish its work. Patience. So that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That's the purpose of the test. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will, it shall, definitely without any doubt, be given unto him. If you need anything from God, you just ask him and believe him for it. Verse 6 says, but when you ask, you must believe. There that's what we're talking about today. You must really believe and not doubt. And not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. And here's the scariest verse in the Bible as far as I'm concerned. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. You can go to church all you want to. You can get baptized till you drown and, and fast till you starve to death. You can be as religious as you want to. You can sing in the choir. You can... Uh, uh, you know, the church I grew up in, the women weren't allowed to cut their hair. Uh, they weren't allowed to wear any jewelry. My, my mama couldn't wear a ring to show she was married to my daddy. I mean, we had a rule for everything. But no power. If you don't believe God is honest, you can have a form of godliness that won't help you any, and that's not the will of God. God's in love with you, man. He wants to help you. He will heal your body. He said, by his stripes, you were healed. If the doctor says you're not, then you got to decide, you know what? I believe I'm healed. What if your body's still hurting? What if it's good? How long do you wait? You know, Jesus said you could speak to a mountain, and that mountain would get out of your life and be cast into the sea. How long do you have to speak to that mountain? Until you get your victory. And this is the victory. That, what, what if it takes six months? So what? It's better than dying. Well, that's hard. What, what, that's a big mountain. You know, what do you say to a mountain? Jesus said, have the God kind of faith in, in, in uh, Mark, the 11th chapter. And then he explained how to have the God kind of faith. If you believe in your heart and do not doubt, and you say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, it'll obey you. You can have what you say. He said, this is the way faith works. But what do you say to a mountain? Well, that sucker's big. A lot of people die trying to get over that thing. Don't say that. Well, man, I'm getting tired. I've been climbing this mountain for three months. and No, don't say that. You don't talk about the mountain if you want it to move. Jesus said, here's how faith works. You speak to the problem. You quit telling everybody how hard it is and quit telling yourself how hard it is because it'll get harder if you hear that all day. 
Faith comes by. You get faith in the problem instead of in God, you're going to make the problem worse. The more you talk about the mountain, the bigger it gets. But if you speak to cancer or to poverty or to the spirit of fear, notice that Jesus said, I've not given you the spirit. Fear is not a feeling. Fear is not an emotion. Fear is a spirit. It's a demonic spirit. And the purpose of spirit, uh, of the spirit of fear is to steal your peace and to steal your joy and eventually steal your vision and steal your health and steal your hopes and dreams. That's the purpose of that. And fear is exactly the opposite of faith. He said that person that, that's double-minded, that still doubts, he shouldn't expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Now look, I'm out of time and I've got to stop. But let me say this to you before, and I want to pray for you, please. If you, for instance, get sick, nothing has changed. If the doctor says you've got some horrible disease and it's going to kill you, I just want to remind you, God is still God. Jesus is still Lord. The Word of God is still true. It's just a test. It's just a test. Pastor just gave me some mercy. I got five more minutes. So, so good because I want to pray with you. This is important here. If you get sick, God is still honest. The only reason that God allowed him to beat his son, that kind of nine tails. Do you know how hard it would be to watch your loved one being beat by those soldiers, being stabbed and, and spit on, and, and all the problems and all the sickness and all the horrible evil that sin created. He who knew no sin became sin. He took on himself everything that I did and that the most horrible people in the earth ever did. He took it all on himself. He that knew no sin. And he let them. He could have stopped it. At any moment he could have called forth a million angels. And stopped those guys from beating him with that cat of nine tails. And ripping the flesh and putting those stripes on his back. The only reason God allowed him to do that. Is so if you got sick you, you could be healed. By his stripes you were. And you still are if you believe it. If you don't believe it. Get ready to die. It'll kill you. But if you believe God is honest, that's just one of 7,000 promises. And it's just a test. Now, some people, when I was a kid, man, there, there was a guy in, in my senior year of, of high school. I was, you know, you're taking all, you're gathering the information that comes to the end of the semester. And they're going to give you the, this, the final test. If I ace that baby, I'm out of high school. I get to go be in my band. You know, I was getting ready. Actually, I joined the Army. In those days, they had drafted you, and I knew they were going to shave my head, which I think is rude. So I went ahead and joined the Army. And But I knew I had this plan to get out of high school, then get the Army out of the way, and then I was going to start this band, this cool band. And, and I had this dream, and... And uh, I, I had just had one more test I had to pass. And, man, I was studying and studying and studying. Comes that final day, and we're all nervous. You know, it's a big one. I mean, this is the, you know, the final exam. 
And I remember when we went in the room that day, the, pa- the teacher said, your test is, and the test was laying face down. And she said, I'm going to tell you when you turn it over, and when you get done with it, just bring it up here and put it on my desk, and you can leave. Well, you once you get out that door, if you pass that test, you are out of school. Now, I, nobody ever went to college in my family. Are you kidding me? I mean, th- getting out of high school was like the ultimate dream. Actually, get out of high school with a diploma. You, so, you know, um, man, I wanted to get out. And I remember when they passed those tests out and the, and, and the bell rang. She said, okay, turn your test over. I looked around the room, and everybody in there was nervous, especially me and the other football players and, and the guys I hung out with. We, didn't, we hadn't studied that much. You know, we, we was praying that we were going to get through this thing. But there was one guy that we had always picked on. He's probably an internet billionaire by now, you know. He he was the we called him a nerd, you know. He had the thick glasses and everything. He didn't play any sports or anything, but he was the smartest guy in the school, and everybody knew it. And I looked around the room just just as the bell was ringing, and she said, "You can turn your test over." And this guy was smiling. I mean, that's like that's like you just hit somebody in a fight, and they're grinning at you. That you you're in trouble. You know what I mean? This guy was smiling. He knew he was going to ace that test. And sure enough, man, in about 15 minutes, he put that thing on her desk, and he was gone to be whoever he wanted to be. And he, didn't, he wasn't worried about getting the score. He knew he'd aced it. And that's the way it is in life. The rest of us just sitting there sweating. Oh, my God. I got, you know, is it A, B, C, or D? I got a 25% chance of getting out of here, you know? No. When it comes to God and you're in the middle of a test, some people make their test last 50 years. Well, you don't know what my daddy did to me. (laughs) And they're drunk this weekend because they were rejected when they were eight. Or uh, they got, you know, I I read in the the Dallas paper this week that uh, a lot of people who never have been in the service have PTSD. Every day, you know, they offer us a different excuse for why we can be. We, we, we don't, we're not drunks. We just got a disease. We can't help it. Well, that is just a lie to hell. I was a heroin addict. I got born again. I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I never got stoned again on anything, never got drunk again on anything. So if I can do it, I'm not Einstein. Anybody can do it. It ain't discipline or I'd be skinny. <laughs> Come on. I'm just trying to... I went that excuse, right? Come on. If I go to Krispy Kreme every day, it ain't no use to pray that I'm going to be skinny. That's a waste of time. If I pray the prayer of faith, will I be healed? Come on, the answer is yes. Will God answer my prayers or are all things really possible if I only believe? Yes. Will I, and and by the way, the fight, the Bible talks about the fight of faith. It's not with people. We're not doing battle against flesh and blood. It's never, we're doing battle against great powers and principalities in the unseen world and rulers of darkness and those Rulers have been tricking people for a long time. But the fight of faith is against the spirit of fear. What if I pray 
and I don't get healed. That is not a possibility if you pray the prayer of faith because that means you believe God. And you're confessing his word over your life. The disciples went to Jesus. They said, how do we get more faith? And Jesus said, if you had a little faith, just as a grain of mustard seed, you would say to the mountain. You'd say to that second mind tree, why, why is talking to your problems? Because you use your faith to get more. You see what God does, you get pretty excited. Wow, that worked a hundred times. I believe it's going to work again. Amen? Will you bow your heads, please? If you're here today, and for some reason, or wherever you are, you know in your heart of hearts that you have not crossed that line in God yet, and given Him everything, then today is the day of salvation. If you've never given Him your life, or even your sins, today's the perfect day to do it. I promise you, I'm not trying to say anything, man. I'm here for you today. I'm already born again. I'm already on my way to heaven. I'm already blessed. God's good. We're here today for you. This is your day of salvation. If you need healing in your body, this is your day. Reach out to God in faith and receive your healing. Believe God. Keep st- and, and if you're not there, if you know, if you know that you're not fully persuaded, don't beat yourself up for that. Just keep staying the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. God is honest. His word is full of power. If you need prayer about anything, let me join my faith with yours, please, right now. Just bow your head wherever you are. If you're here in the room, just bow your head. Just. I'm going to join my faith with you. If there's anybody here that's never given your whole life to Jesus, slip your hand up. We're, we're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to put you on TV, but I just want to join my faith with you. Anybody? Praise God. Wherever you are and whatever's going on at your house, say this prayer with me. Everybody say this with me. Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, I believe you're honest. I believe that Jesus is your son. I truly believe you raised him from the dead. And you forgave all of my sins. So I'm asking you, Lord, please forgive me for all my mistakes, my wrong decisions, my bad, selfish choices. I repent, sir. I turn from my sin. And I turn to you, Jesus. And to your word. Fill me with your spirit, Lord. Teach me your ways. And I will live for you. Until I see you face to face. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Pastor, as Pastor comes to take this, let me just say, I love you guys. I don't know your name, but God does. And I will be praying as we drive back home after church today. I'll be praying not just in the understanding, but in the Spirit. And I believe that I'll be praying for you. I'm going to ask God, everybody that made a decision today, I'm going to ask God to strengthen you in the inner man. I'm going to ask Him to give you wisdom and, and revelation and And show you the hope of your calling. 
so that Christ in you, the hope of glory, rises up big and shows you how much He loves you this week and how exciting your future is in God. Man, I'm just so thankful that that God allowed us, if, if there's anything we can do to help you to, not just to get to heaven, but to enjoy the trip. We're at mylon.org, www.mylon.org, and, and we're there to pray with you. We're there to do anything we can to help you get to heaven. And uh, again, just I just want to thank y'all also for the honor. And Pastor Don, thanks, man, for trusting me with this. This is holy ground. I know that. And I appreciate the honor of uh, getting to share Jesus with y'all. God bless you. Thanks. Wow, what a word. Now we have a choice. We have a choice. We can say, I heard a nice message. It was great. Or we can choose to believe what we heard today. And when we believe, see, when we believe, we act on what we believe. See, many people believe what they see, but we need to see what we believe. There's a difference. Many people believe what they see, but we need to see what we believe and if we see what we believe what is not yet visible we already see it in the spirit so we follow what we see in the spirit and what the Bible says and what we've been taught here this morning thank you for giving us the word without compromise here is a man that you saw pictures there where you know, he packed out stadiums and did all of these things, but wound up with a habit that he couldn't kick on heroin. But one day God delivered him, and then he began to sing and go around the world getting over 200,000 people saved. There's no telling how many now has been saved. Well, folks, this inspires me. This inspires me. To believe God for the greatest outpouring of souls coming into the kingdom of God that we've ever had before. You know, my wife and I could be down on the beach taking care of our beach ministry at our age. But we're not going to the beach to take care of our ministry down there. We're staying right here in Dallas, Texas. We're staying here doing what we're doing, declaring the uncompromised word of God. And I believe the best is yet to come for you, your loved ones. We're walking by faith and not by sight. Amen. Everybody say, I'm walking by faith and not by sight. Now, flame, flame stand up. Stand up, flame. You know, Mylon was preaching. And I want people to understand this woman here was left three days was it three days had a stroke lying in her bathroom in a condition we won't even speak about she was finally found 
rushed to the hospital. She should have been dead. But here she is after the Word of God went through her body and through her life. She's not paralyzed. She can speak. She was paralyzed. She couldn't speak. She couldn't do anything. But now she has already got her driver's license back and driving her own car. And in church every Sunday with her three precious children. Give her a big hallelujah. Bless you, Flame. Thank you. Somebody said, what would you do that for? I just want you to know what he preached. Is that it takes place. I just want you to know what he said. It does happen. Here's a lady sitting over there on the second row. Melanoma. Doctors give her just a few days to live. That's been over 30 years ago. She's still here today. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Does the Word of God work? It's alive, it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. So folks, let's press in like that little woman with the issue of blood. She was determined, I, I believe, and because I believe, nothing is going to stop me. And it wasn't easy for her to press through that crowd. It may not be easy for some of you to do what you need to do. But keep that confession of faith. When your body is screaming out, when your finances and everything else and every relationship it looks like has gone bad, you just keep that confession of faith. Keep walking in love. You just keep standing on the Word. Upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. Marlon, you just stirred up the preaching side of me. My goodness. Give Marlon a great big hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. I believe he's ministered to people around the world. Their lives was touched. And right now we're going to receive the tithes and offering for the church, and we're going to receive at the same time the offering for Marlon's ministry. And so... As you give, if you've got to make a choice today, we want you to make the choice to Maryland instead if you have to make a choice. But the tithe, we, we do this and we try it both ways to receive an offering separate or to receive them at the same time. And it comes out the same. Is it comes out the same because you're going to do what you want to do. So we know that. And so we're just receiving the tithe and the offering. And you that's watching, if, the, if uh, our folks will give us, there's where you, you send your... Uh, money to and you want it directed to Milan, just just put a little note there as you put your credit card in. You go to elglobal.church elglobal.church and click give and there's a place right there where you can do it with your credit card and if you want it to go to Milan, you can just uh, put a little note right there and then you that don't like the new way you like the old fashioned way which is okay we got one lady, she says, I send a piece of paper and I put the amount on it and I sign my name. And if you take it to the bank, they'll give you money for it. So if, if that's you uh, and you want to do it by check, there's the place you can send it by check. So I just believe our people in the audience today around the world, we just believe people are giving today. Give our folks in the, in the audience a great big hand, our internet audience, for, for giving today. Amen. You know, somebody, somebody told me one time, said, well, I don't, I, I just have a little bit. I just got a, I got a, a, a limited check and I can't give. Well, the check's always, it's, it's always going to be limited. It's never going to change. Somebody said, I'm on a, I, I, I'm on a, a set income or I'm on a, I, I forget, a fixed income. I'm on a fixed income. Well, 
Fix it. It's already fixed by the government or whoever you're getting it from, but refix it by taking some of it. Mylon just said, wasn't that good? Some people think they need the whole 100% to make it through life, but you give God His 10% back. When you give God His 10%, your 90 goes further than the 100 that you would keep. My wife and I found that out. We were just kids, and we made the choice. We made the choice. That we're always going to tithe. We're always going to give. And we've never changed that. And we are blessed today because we do what God says. So you and the internet, thank you for joining with us. We're going to say bye to you. And I, I, I just pray that God blesses you. And don't miss Tuesday night. Pastor Al and I are going to be talking about uh, thanks. We're going, to be, we're going to be talking about how can you give thanks to God when things are difficult, when times are bad, or when, when, when relationships are, are, are broken and it looks like nothing's happening. How can you say thanks? We're going to be talking about that this Tuesday night. Anyway, God bless you. We love you. And you have a wonderful evening, morning, or whatever time zone that you're on. Bless you much. Well, did you get...